search the world It couldn't fill me A man's empty prayer And treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love oh, this is
got to press into the Lord. The only way we're going to find Him is if we seek Him. We've got to seek the Lord. God wants so much to be close to us. He wants to heal us. He wants to comfort us. Oh, He wants to offer us hope in the future. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. He loves you even when you don't feel lovable. Search for Him with all of your heart. The verse says, well, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Not, part of, not just the good part of your heart, all of your heart, your flaws, your failures, every part of your heart. The Lord loves you. We got to come to Him with our whole heart. Every, every time we encounter His presence, He desires to make us more like Him. Let's seek after Him right now. Let's search for Him because we will find Him. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. I see joy rising. I hear hope calling. I see fear hiding. I hear chains falling. I see walls shaking. I hear doubt running. Cause my God's on His way. Yes, He is coming.
this place. We're seeing miracles right now. We give you glory and praise, God. Oh, God, let your presence fall completely.
Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree.
amen. God is in this place. And I think sometimes when we come into church, we forget what kind of a spiritual authority we have over things in our lives. And we don't walk in that power that's available to us. When we come into church, as far as I'm concerned, it should be the book of Acts church all the time when we're walking around everyday, our everyday lives. When we come into this building, if you want to shout, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to jump, if you want to run, as long as God's telling you to do it and it's glorified by him, I don't have a problem with it. Because it's about time a church stood up, the church stood up and said, we are mighty and powerful in Christ Jesus. We're not going to sit by with a, a, a pathetic attitude and say, no, this is happening, this is happening. We can walk in power. And we can walk in that authority and we can praise Jesus as loud as we want to. As loud as we want to. And things break, shackles break off, chains break off of people when we praise. I just heard Jenny let out a shout on her singing. I was like, woo! Woo! Things happen. The atmosphere changes when we worship. And when we come into this place every week, man, all of us coming together seeking the same thing. There's no telling what we're going to see and experience when God is lifted up. And if we can just get, yes, anything is possible. If we'll just get our minds off of ourselves and our issues and our problems and lift up the name of Jesus, that will change things for you individually and for us as a church. And we will start walking in the power and trample over things that don't need to be tripping us up. And we will walk exactly how Jesus wants us to walk, how God wants us to walk in power and authority in the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's good. He's powerful. Let's sing a little bit more of that before we quit. Is that all right? I think Carlin's kind of ready for that. I'll just get out of the way. You guys go. thank you and we praise you in this place this morning, God. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for showing up and showing out, Father. And Lord, I pray right now as we, as we dive into your word together, Father, that hearts are being changed even as we speak right now, God. Lord, that we are, we are tired of walking around defeated and pushed around by the world, God, that we would, Father, the veil's been torn. We have direct access to you. And Lord, we, we can call on your name, we can walk in authority, we can walk in your power, and Father, it's about time for the church to rise up and be who you've called us to be. And Father, I pray for a holiness, for a set-apartness in us, God, that we would just be bold 
about our days, God, that we would share your love without, uh, without worrying about what's going to be said back to us. Father, we would just do things in love and be about your business. And God, I pray right now for our church, Father, that you continue to unite us, that you continue to show up, that you continue to give us boldness in our worship and our praise, God. Lord, that we can, it's all about us and you, Father, and nobody else around us, Father, and we're all lined up with you, God. You do great things and you show up in the midst. And we thank you for that right now, Father. We praise you for all you're doing for us and all you're gonna do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, praise team. Can you give it up for them? Good, good, good. For those of you that haven't ever shouted or lifted your hands in church or did a little dance or whatever it is, I encourage you, step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Stuff, stuff breaks off you when you just praise and you worship, you lift your voice and you shout. God does something in you. Don't be bashful. Hallelujah. He is great. I also wanted to say thank you. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I'm up here, and I'm just going to brag on our pastors here, not me, our pastors, our worship pastor, our kids pastor, George, our associate pastor. I appreciate them so much. And I realize as a pastor that you have to lean on your staff and you have to trust them. You have to depend on them. And they are some of the best people I've ever worked with. I mean it. Um, Their hearts are for this church. Their hearts are for God. Their hearts are for this community. And we are doing our best um, every single day to make sure that God is reflected in what we're doing around here. Um, just great communication with us. And, and for that matter, our leadership teams, everything, I'm scared to say it, is going well. And we're in, we're in unity about the direction of the church and where we feel like God's taken us and what we want to see happening around here. So that's good. That's just good to wake up, be anxious to come to work and uh, to, to see what God has in store and which direction he's going to take us. So I also wanted to say thank you to the church for, on behalf of George and Carlin and McKenna and myself for all the cards and, and pies and cakes and things over this past month. Much, much appreciated. If you didn't get me anything, that's fine. You being here is all I need. I'm being serious. You attending church and serving the Lord is the best gift you could ever give me. And I'll just add one more. You go out and share the love of Jesus with other people. That's one of the best, best you can give me too. So I appreciate all of that. Um, great week last week with Modified Youth. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're looking good down here in the front. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're all down here. Yeah. So Hebrews 12, we're going to finish this up. We had a little break last week with Modified Youth Sunday. But we will finish this up this morning on Enduring Faith. Uh, Week one, does anybody remember what we talked about? That quitting isn't an option in this faith walk. Quitting is an option. We've got to strip off every hindrance and sin and wait so we can endure and keep running our race of faith. And then two weeks ago, we talked about tough love. Yes. And discipline. God's discipline and tough love 
It hurts sometimes, but we need it from God. If we're going to learn and endure everything that we're going to go through in life, we need that tough love and we need to give it to our kids too. Okay, I threw that in there. And this morning we're going to wrap up this series and the title for this third and final week is Hear Him. Hear Him. It is so, so important that we hear God. It is so important as a church that we hear from God, that we understand where he wants to go, what he wants to do in the church, through the church, and for the church. So it's important to hear him. And I read a quote recently from Eugene O'Neill. It said, God gave us mouths that close and ears that don't. Because sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut and just listen for what God has to say. And sometimes it's a lot better choice for us to keep our mouth shut and listen instead. I know. (laughs) It seems like nowadays all we want to do is talk and be heard. Everybody wants to talk and be heard. Wish we could hand out muzzles to some people. But all the time we're not the best at listening, right? Uh, I include myself in this, right, wifey? Jackson? Brylan? If she was in here, she'd be chewing me out right now. Um, I'm, get, I'm guilty of not listening, as my wife would tell me something. I could be in the same room and not even hear it. <laughs> Fellas, anybody else like that? Nudge them, wives, if you need to. But she'll, I'll be just doing something, either watching TV or on my phone, and she'll give a whole conversation with me, and I won't even look up. <laughs> I said, did you hear anything I said? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Anybody else have those moments where, you know, Brian will do the same thing to me. She'll be talking to me and tell me something and she'll, she'll just go ahead and say it. You didn't even hear anything I said, dad. And I said, you're right. I didn't. So let's be quiet. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't tell her that. <laughs> I tell her that sometimes she talks a lot. Um, but anyway, I'm guilty of that. Uh, and the kids do the same thing to us as parents. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you say that. Now you're going to hear me. Okay? But we do that, but sometimes we do the same thing to God. I didn't hear you say that. I didn't, I didn't hear you. You wanted me to do that? I, and, and we did hear it. We just didn't listen. We didn't listen to what he said. And, you know, that's how God speaks to us sometimes. Sometimes it's audibly. Um, it's happened a couple times to me. But most of the time we hear him through this. We know exactly what he wants us to do when he wants us to do it through his word and understanding it and reading it. And he wants to speak to us often. Sometimes it's in that still small voice. But what we do is either we don't pick this up and read it, what it says, so we don't get to hear from God. You know, the the creator of the universe, we don't want to hear from him. We don't pick it up. Or sometimes we'll pick it up and we'll start reading it. Anybody get distracted easy? Squirrel! You know? That's me sometimes. I'll pick this up and other things will start happening. And before I know it, I'm distracted. and I'm not into this like I should have been. So I can't hear from him. Or sometimes I'll read it. I'll understand it. But I won't apply it to my life. You know, and I've had conversations with people even recently that I know what all we're supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm supposed to handle this because of what the word says. But it's hard to do. But then I say, are we really hearing him? Or are we ignoring what he asks us to do when we read this and understand this as he speaks to us? You know, I know, it's, I know it's one thing to say, I know the word, I know what it says to do in there, but it's another thing to apply it 
believe it and hear from God as you're doing it. So we need to be doing that. And thankfully, no matter how many times I've ignored God, he continues speaking to me, he continues speaking to you, and that's, I'm so thankful for that. But true listening is to pay attention to and to hear with thoughtful attention. So if we want to hear him, we need to give him our full thoughtful attention and heed what he says to do. If he tells you to shout and throw your hands up in the air and wave them like you just don't care while you're worshiping, then we need to do that. If you feel the Lord saying, run a lap around this church, run a lap around the church. You know, I had a kid in our youth group at our previous church that the spirit of God just hit him one night and he took off out of our youth room. And I said, where did he go? And he was sprinting around the outside of the church doing laps. He said, I don't know. I just felt like I had to run. I had to run. And I was like, wow. All right. Remember that? That was Aaron. Aaron, if you're watching, that was you. But it was, it was unbelievable. He just bolted out the door and he was gone. And he just started running around the building because he felt like God said to run. So we need to heed to what God says to us. We need to listen, truly listen to him. And this morning, we're going to dive into the word and see what he says for us today. I'll break down some scripture. Um, so we'll be at Hebrews 12, and we're going to start in verse 14 and go through 29, if time allows. That eh, time doesn't matter. We'll stop when he tells me to stop. Five of you'll stay. <laughs> All right. Starting in verse 14, it'll be on the screen also. Work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. That's tough to read. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. So let's break down this first part here. Work at living in peace and sanctification and holiness. Work at it. Work at it. Work at it. That's a daily thing. To live set apart, to live holy, to do the things that God would want you to do every single day takes work takes work. Faith without works is dead. So we have to work at, we have to work at this. We have to see the fruit coming out or we're dead. This verse shows us a key point of this chapter. We are to take the warnings. Um, it talked about before this, if you remember about discipline, we've got to take those things to heart and listen and hear him in this. I mean, he's laying out exactly what we need to do and we need to hear him and we need to follow him. And what he lays out for us means the direction of our life has to change. When I give my life to Christ, the direction of my life has to change. I'm being sanctified. I'm being changed into a a, a new creation in Christ. And he is doing something on the inside of me that takes work on my part. This sanctification process he's he's doing in me takes uh, takes me participating in it as well. I have a part to play in that. Living peacefully with each other. Um, 
Peace with all men. Does that happen naturally? (laughs) No. We have to work at that. Have to make an effort. Have to take the initiative sometimes. How do we do that? Perhaps, you know, we just, we did some offense series a while back, but perhaps it means calling up an old friend that hurt you at one time. Perhaps it means calling up someone in the church that might have hurt you at one time. Living at peace with all men. We're supposed to be doing that. Um, Also, our relationship with, with God. God is the one who sanctifies us. We are supposed to work at that, to be closer and closer and closer to him. How many of you have achieved the closeness, the closest you can get to God? Raise your hand. I'm going to slap you. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Not too hard. None of us. That's a process. We're never going to get there, but every single day we should be striving to get closer and closer to him, to look more like Jesus every single day. Anybody take days off from that? Oh, you liars. I didn't realize I was in royalty here. We all have our days where we don't really do everything that we're supposed to be doing all the time. So hopefully you just don't want to raise your hand because your arm's tired or something. Too much praising this morning. All right. So again, God's the one who sanctifies us, but we are not just a bystander in that. We are a participant in it. It's our responsibility to respond to the conviction and leading of the Spirit by rooting out the sin in our hearts. That's on us. He brings the conviction. Holy Spirit would whisper in your ear, whisper to your heart that you don't need to do this. You need to get away from this. Are we hearing him when he says those things or do we continually choose the sin? That's where we we participate and say, no, 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 no. I'm a child of God now. This is not me anymore. And the power of Jesus living in me is stronger than whatever that sin was that was tempting me. And there's some of you in here that are still going back to that day after day after day when you need to hear what he says about it. Hear him. Become more and more like him. Also, a good relationship with God leads to good relationships with fellow believers. If my relationship with God is super strong and yours is super strong, guess what that's going to do in our church? Peace with all men. We won't have little things that pop up because we all are striving every day to be closer to God. And if something comes up we disagree with, we can agree to disagree on things and still love. We don't have to have bitterness set in and have things push us apart. We can work through things together and still glorify God the whole time. All right, verse 15, let's break that one down. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. How many know God's grace is completely free? Completely free. And we can never deserve it. We can't earn it. Um, He doesn't look for a worthy recipient since none of us are worthy. What he's saying here is we're called, you know, we get this grace, but we are called to a higher standard of living. We are not to be like the world. If you're, if you're representing the name of Christ, you have the label of Christian on you, then you should act like it. We just talked a little bit about this in Sunday school, that as we share the gospel, one of the things that's going to help back up what we're sharing is if we're living it out in front of the people we're talking to. If I'm not, they're going to question the faith that I say I have, the belief that I say I have in Jesus, that I'm trying to be like Jesus every day. So we want to make sure 
that we're not taking God's grace for granted, that we understand it, that it's freely given to us. Um, And remember Jesus' parable about the the pearls and the swine in Matthew 7. Some people treat God's grace like the pigs treated the pearls. They just cast it aside. Yeah, I got grace. I got forgiveness. I get it all the time. And they just cast it aside like it's not important to them. Understand the gift that God's given them. And when we cast aside this grace and and, and we take it for granted, the seed of bitterness can take hold in us, which then can grow and spread and get to other believers in the church. And before you know it, you have a big mess. Because we took grace for granted and we let some bitterness set in on some things. We didn't draw close to God like we needed to. And now we've got some division going on. When this was written also, there was a number of, of Hebrew readers there who were still on the fence about Christ. They had been taught about Jesus, but they hadn't yet given their lives to him. So, so God extends this offer of grace to them, and they, need, they needed to earnestly accept it rather than just playing around with it. And there's people that just play around with their faith. They just toy with it. It's just, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, that's about it. And I'll go, you know, I'll get my life right. I'll do things right when I need to. But right now I just want to do what I want to do. And they know everything they're supposed to know about what Jesus has done for them and the life that he would like them to live for him. But they just play around with it. It's like one foot in, one foot out. Never really fully surrendering their heart to Jesus. If you haven't fully surrendered your heart to Jesus, have you surrendered it at all? Verse 16, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Esau, an example here of someone who didn't appreciate God's blessings in his life. Instead, he wanted something else at that moment. His stomach was what fed him, what motivated him. His fleshly desires drove him, and later on he regretted it, but it was too late. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry. And and the warning I think they're giving us here is it's it's not to, don't abuse God's grace. Don't abuse it. Do not think you're going to repent or follow God later sometime in the future. Sin, let me tell you guys this morning, sin should not be messed around with. I've seen people that have come to know the Lord, but didn't fully surrender their life to him. And they go back and they dabble in the sin again. And where do you think they end up? Back on a path that God never intended for them to be on. You can't play around with it. You can't just sit there and dabble in sin and think you're you're, going to be okay. Because you never know what that decision is going to make and do in your life. What's going to happen to you? When you sin or do something wrong, I want you to know this this morning also, that sometimes there's consequences for it. No, but God will forgive me and everything will be great. But if you still do the sin and you still do the decision and and whatever you chose to do, God will forgive, but there still may be consequences that you have to pay for. And sometimes the decisions we make are going to hurt us, are going to hurt other people. It's the same thing for our, for our kids. I encourage you parents, don't always come to your kids' rescue or come to their aid and rescue them and everything they get messed up in. That's mean, Rick. No, it's called tough love. 
And sometimes it's needed. If you keep bailing them out every time they get into trouble, they're never going to learn anything. If you keep bailing them out and not let them face consequences for what they choose to do, they're never going to learn anything. And then they're going to grow up thinking they can do those things, and then mommy and daddy aren't going to be there to bail them out. So, just a little something to add in there. And, and I want to add to that that you are loving them when you do this. When you give them tough love, you're loving them. I know it hurts, and I know it's hard to see your kids go through things, but sometimes they have to deal with their consequences for the choices they made. And they don't need you to, to rescue them and fix it for them. Okay? All right. That went over well. Verse 18, you have not come into a physical mountain to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. And in this part, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurry, but this part of the scripture, it's a contrast between the old and the new covenants is what's happening here. Um, and one of the things that's talked about over and over in Hebrews is the superiority of Jesus, how superior he was. All right. And the covenant that he made with us in the new Testament is a lot better than what was going on in the old Testament. So it's just kind of correlating those two together here. And God's holiness and power were awesome. It was so awesome that people wanted it to stop. It's a lot different than now when, when God's presence shows up and he starts moving, we don't say, please stop. It's different now. We have Jesus that was the sacrifice for our sins. We have the Holy Spirit now left to us to walk in and that power and authority that I was talking about earlier. And we don't ever want to beg Jesus, that Spirit to stop. We don't want to say stop moving. That's just a little too much today. <laughs> Please stop. We're not going to say that. We want more. We want more of his power, more of, of that of his spirit in our services, more of his holiness abound in us. We want more of, of miracles and signs and wonders in his power, all that stuff. We want to see God move. Because as we testify, and we see those things and we testify about them, people start coming. What is going on at Orchardville Church? Well, it's just God. We've, we've decided that as a church, we're going to surrender totally to him and let him do what he wants to do. And he's honored that. That's all we're going to tell people. He's just doing, I mean, we're, we're, just, we're just surrendering and worshiping. And he's showing up. And he's doing things. It's unbelievable. But you'll believe it when you see it. <laughs> Verse 22, No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance, like the blood of Abel. And this Mount Zion that it's talking about is not the actual mountain in Israel. It's, it's, it's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. And it shows us a different way that God deals with believers in the New Testament times than what he did in the Old Testament times. And then verse 25 through 29, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. 
For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, amen, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our God is a devouring fire. And that verse 25 is a warning. Do not reject God. Do not ignore him when he is speaking to you. Hear him. Hear him. Submit yourselves completely to him. You know, the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they saw God do, they saw God send manna from heaven. They saw miracles. They saw, they saw God do all of these things. And yet they weren't listening to him. They saw all of that. They saw him provide and move and do great things, but they still didn't listen. We can see great things in Orchardville Church. You can see God do great things in your life. But if you're not listening to him, what happened to the Israelites? They all perished. Except who? Joshua and Caleb. They believed God would do what he said he would do. They believed. I I can't even fathom seeing God do all of that stuff and still not hearing him and still not listening to him. But it happens. You get people come into church, see God move in their lives, see God do great things, and they still walk away. You have to hear him. You have to be grounded in this. You have to understand who he is in your life. We have the benefit now of more teaching than they did. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit now. Really, I don't even know how we walk away from it all. If we're totally surrendered to him, it'd be hard to walk away knowing that we have so much more than what they had then available to us. And being grateful, verses 28, 29, we have so much to be grateful for. So much. We are part of a kingdom. You know, I know this world is crazy and nuts and things don't look so good right now, but we are a part of a kingdom that will not be shaken. That is so reassuring to me that I can wake up and walk in the midst of the chaos and know that the kingdom of God is not going to be shaken. I have a confidence in him. That no matter what it looks like in the world, that I'm not going to worry and fret over this and that. I am standing on the solid rock of Jesus and he's not going to be shaken. It doesn't matter what the world looks like, what the world tries to throw at us. Do I think we need to rise up and be who God's called us to be? Yes. But what's going on in the world does not frighten me because I'm standing on the foundation in the rock of Jesus. And that's not going to be shaken. And we want to be able to stand in the midst of all this, all of us, and say, I'm not going to be shaken. Because I'm not, it's not my, my, my life is not built on all this stuff that's going on. It's my, my rise and fall isn't going to depend on what's going on in the world because Jesus already told me who I am in him. And I walk in that. I walk in that. If our praise team would come back up. We serve a big God and we don't need to forget that. Awesome in power, awesome in his holiness, awesome in splendor. And remember from the beginning of Hebrews, we are in a race right now, a long race, okay? We've got to give every last ounce of energy and strength that we have for him. 
Matthew 7, 24, 25 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Founded on the rock. I love that promise because if you pay attention to the news, if you see everything that's going on and you build your life on that, your foundation will crumble and you will fall. But if you remember everything that he tells us in here and you will hear him, hear him, hear him, and you have this down deep inside of you above all else, you will not fall. You may trip up, have a little stumbles here and there, but you'll get back up. Because you believe this, and this is what your life's built on. Do you know that the the words listen and silent are spelled with the same letters? Listen and silent. Probably not a coincidence. God's voice speaks to us all the time. But if you're like me, sometimes we fail to listen to it all the time. And he does it in so many different ways. Little nudges while you're at the grocery store. Little things while you're driving. Even while you're sleeping. You know, God gives dreams to people. He speaks to us all the time. Are we listening? And again, there's so much noise going on in the world. So many things going on. So busy our schedules are. So many voices. But we need to have times where we just silence it all. And we just listen to what God has to say to us. It's hard to do for us to just stop. Let's try it. Stop for a second. Okay. But even that right there That makes people uncomfortable. Why is it it so quiet? I can't stand it. But sometimes we need that to block everything else out in our life that's going on, all the noise, and just sit and listen to God's heart speak to our heart. Those are precious moments. And we need to be intentional about spending time with God and listening to him, hearing him. And God wants to know us on a, on a deep way, in a deep way, an intimate way. But do you hear him? Are you listening to him? Do you understand when he's speaking to you through his Holy Spirit? You guys will stand this morning. Hear him. I'm going to open up the altars as they sing. But this morning, if you feel God tugging on your heart, that's him speaking to you. That, that he wants you to hear him. If you've got a situation in your life, you've got a sickness in your life right now, he's, he's telling you right now, hear me. Hear me in this situation. Listen for the direction that I want to take you in this. Listen to what my word says about this. 
So as we sing, we pray. If you want to come spend some time in prayer at the altar, find a spot to pray, or you need some prayer for healing or something in your life, come and see me. Let's just take this time to worship, to pray, and to hear him this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.